0: Yo, Jesus paid the price and he set us free. He died on the cross for you and me. So stand fast then in your faith. Fight the good fight and run the good race. Pick up your armor, your shield, and your sword. We're going into battle in the army of the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't have no fear because God's presence is always so near. Hey, come on. I wrote that when I was 18. There you go. Awesome. Well, everybody, welcome to the Rapping Church. That's what we call ourselves, just so you know. No, we're not the Rapping Church. Uh, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so glad for all those that are joining us online today. Uh, and for those who are with us in person, so grateful to have you here today. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name's Matt. I am the lead pastor along with my beautiful wife, Tanya. And we get to be your lead pastors. And uh, we're so grateful that you're here Uh, We don't believe that there's any accidents. We believe that God calls those that need to come, and we believe that you're here today because he's got a word for you. And I am so excited to be the messenger this morning, to be able to share his word. Hey guys, I was thinking about something this morning Life Church. as I was thinking about, um, you know, kind of as we're going through the worship service, and I wanted to just encourage you with something um, that is really, really powerful before we dive into the word today. And that is, how do we respond to the word? And I, and I just wanted to share with you this idea because if, if you've traveled at all if you've been to different churches You'll find out there's different church cultures that you'll find out there You know, there's some churches where when the pastor preaches the, the response is like this, And that's good because they're probably like, you know Going through a bunch of thoughts and trying to process everything and then there's other churches where you'll get responses like this
1: Amen! Come
0: on! Right and, and that, that's good too Um, What I want to challenge you with, church, let's be the church that responds with a verbal response, okay? Because the Bible says this, that there is power in your your words. The power of life and death is in the tongue. So when you speak a word, you speak that thing into existence in your life. And so when you hear the word of God being declared over you, and I'm not talking about my idea, you know, um, steak is the best. That's not the one. No, no. No, but, but if it is the word of God, if the word of God is going forth, Jesus is Lord. So when you say amen, you're speaking that into your heart, into your soul, and you're saying, I agree with that. Amen, by the way, is a Christianese word, for those of you who don't know, that means so be it. Let it be in my life that way. And so when you hear the word of God and it's declared over your life, if you need that for your heart that morning, I want to encourage you, you can participate in the preaching of the word of God. Is that Good you hear me? I love you. I'm with you. Oh, we got some amens. Come on. That's good. That's good. And so, yeah, I want to just encourage you. Let's let's be those people this morning. Now, for those of you who haven't been with us, we are in a series right now, and we are going through Psalm 23. And again, just as a re- refresher for those of you who missed last week, um, when I was asking the Holy Spirit, you know, what do you want us to speak on? And he said Psalm 23. My first honest reaction was, oh, come on, God. Like, Give me something tougher than that. Like, come on, there's got to be some message that you, you want me to see. And you said, no, no, the word for right now is Psalm 23. And what I felt like we needed to do is we needed to go through this, not just rush through it, but we actually needed to take our time and savor this passage and get a better understanding of who God is in our lives as our shepherd. And, you know, for those of you who have been in the church, you will probably be familiar with this passage. Psalm 23 is a very popular passage. It's something you'll see on a lot of coffee mugs. It's something you'll see on a lot of t-shirts. And it's also something that will be read a lot at funerals and very significant events. People will read this passage. And, and undoubtedly, you've probably heard it before, but I'm not going to assume that you have. And so you, if you haven't heard it yet, we're going to do what we did last week, and we're going to read it together as we dive into this. And then what I talked about last week is that what this is going to be like, this series, is that, um, you know, like, I like a good steak. And one of the things that I find when I was a kid they'd put food in front of me and it would be gone in five minutes and I'd say give me seconds but as I got older I began to recognize that you can appreciate something by taking time and savoring it and so when I get a good steak now I take that knife and I try and slice off not a massive chunk and I put it in my mouth and I savor it and I take my time with it and that's what we're going to do this morning in the word of God we are going to savor it we're going to take our time with it because there is life in the word of God can I hear an amen Amen. So, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, and we're going to read this together in the New King James Version. It should be up there. Do I have it up there? No, I don't. Okay, I'm going to read it to you in the New King James Version. I don't think I put it on the slide today. So here's what it says. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Everybody say forever. Forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your word this morning. Father, we thank you that it's your word that's living and active. God, it's your word that is strong. And Lord God, able to save, able to bring life, able to bring hope, able to bring peace into our minds, into our lives, Lord God. And we pray today, we come under the authority of your word. We say, God, come and do whatever you want to do in this place, God. We ask that our hearts to be open to receive, that our minds to be ready, Lord God, to understand, and that our ears would be open to hear what it is that you want to say to us. I thank you that there's a word for each person here today, God, and I pray that they would hear it and receive it and leave, Lord God, refreshed and fulfilled. Lord God, as your word speaks to us, Lord God, I pray that you'd help me as your messenger to get out of the way so that you can do whatever you want to do. And I thank you, Lord, this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Okay, so where are we today? We are in verse 2 of this passage. And what it says is, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. In the New Living Translation, it says, He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And immediately, this is something that I think many of us can relate to. In the New King James Version, it says this, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, I know we've got a lot of different people here this morning. Um, Some of you can really relate to this. Um, Who here would consider themselves to be a doer? Somebody that just likes to do and get things done. And, okay, so I am not that guy. (laughs) It's not my forte, but I am married to somebody who is definitely like that. And I got to tell you, my wife, Tanya, man, she she is amazing. She can figure out all the things that need to be. You ever heard of a honey-do list? I think that was written about her because she's amazing at figuring out all the things that need to be done. And for those that are doers that are out trying to do things, get things done, your mind's always racing right now. Even as you're sitting here, you're thinking about the the checklist of all the things that need to be done. You're thinking about all those different things that, you know, hey, I got to do this at this service, and and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to go here, we're going to do this, and then I got to get this done, and I got this project that I'm working on right now. For those of you who are doers right now, sometimes you need somebody in your life to make you lie down. Do you know what I'm talking about? You need somebody that's going to say, hey, listen, no, today you're just going to lay down. Sometimes I'm going to say, honey, today, you know what, you, you just got to take it easy. You got to relax. What we, tr- we, we actually set this in our, in our schedule. We actually made Sundays our rest Sunday. We called it rest Sunday because it gives us permission to lay down. It lets us rest. It lets us stop in the midst of our work and all the things that we're doing to take the afternoon. And, and our kids know that, that rest Sunday means something. In our home, what happens is we come home on Sunday afternoons. There's a little in, insight. We come home on Sunday afternoons, and we change. That's the first thing we do. We change our clothes, and we get into something comfortable. And then Todd and I, like, pull back the blankets in our bed, and we get some coffees and some books, and our kids get in their PJs, and everybody goes down, and they rest on Sunday afternoons. And we've called it Rest Sunday. On that day, we let our family lie down. We let our family rest. Because how many know that in the society that we live in today with so many demands and so many things pulling for our attention, so many things that need to be done, this can be something that is a discipline that we need to learn and we need to grow in. So the passage says this, he makes me lie down on green pastors. But in the New Living Translation, it actually says it this way. He lets me rest in green meadows. So, I love this because this speaks of the grace of the Good Shepherd. This speaks of the grace of the Good Shepherd. And how many of us have things that are going on in our lives, these to-do lists that are running in our heads, uh, these things that, that need to be fixed or, or, or relationships that need to be worked on, and, or all these different things that are grabbing for our attention, These these thoughts and these things that we're missing, things that we need to do, these comparisons that we're seeing on Instagram, all these things that are grabbing for our attention... And the Bible tells us this about the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He lets me rest. He lets me rest. So, my question for you this morning, Life Church, is what is in conflict with your peace? What is keeping you from being able to rest? What is causing you to have anxiety and, and, and fear and worry and all these other things that are, that are grabbing for your attention, taking away your ability to rest in Him? What is it? Now, I, I, I'm reading this book as I'm going through this, this passage. It's a spectacular book. It's called The Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. And it's written from the unique perspective of a man who has been a shepherd of sheep, but he's also been a pastor, So he highlights various things about sheep and how this applies to our lives as he goes through this book. And his name is W. Philip Keller, so I'm going to reference him a lot because he's got some very good information. But what I didn't realize is this, that when it comes to shepherds and sheep, again, something that in our society we're not overly familiar with, uh, when it comes to shepherds and sheep, um, that there is some things in sheep that will keep them from being able to lie down. And Philip uh, Keller mentions four things that, they, that sheep need to be free from in order to be able to lie down. We're going to talk about those four things in context today in our lives, about the things that, that conflict with our peace and keep us from being able to rest in Him. Okay? So here's the first one. It says that they need to be free from fear. Number two, they need to be free from friction with others of their kind. Number three, they need to be free from pests or insects. And number four, a sheep, in order for them to be able to lie down, needs to be free from hunger. So we've got these four things, free from fear, free from tension, free from aggravations, and free from hunger. And here's the thing about these four items. Only a shepherd can provide freedom from these anxieties. See, only the shepherd can free the sheep from these things. So let's just remember who we are in this passage again. Um, We are the sheep. David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. So he is declaring, I am the sheep and he is the shepherd. So we ought to understand a few things about sheep in order for us to have a better understanding of this passage. So number one, we're going to go through these four things. And actually, we're going to add on a fifth based on the last uh, item in this passage and that's where we're going to land today, is with the four, five items that, that conflict with your peace. So here's the first one. It says that a sheep needs to be free from fear if they're going to be able to lie down. Now, one of the things that Philip mentions is that sheep, they scare easy. It doesn't take much for, for something to jump up and make them run around. He, he tells a story in the book about a, a, a rabbit that would run out in front of a sheep. And what will happen is the sheep will spook, start running, and then sheep, all get scared together so the one sheep will take off running in a direction and and start stampeding off in a direction then all the other sheep will join in and go oh i need to be afraid and they'll take off and they'll go in the same direction i don't know if you can relate to that i don't know if you might have seen that recently in society COVID. (coughs) um you may have seen that recently but this is what will happen is they will scare easily Something will pop up that they weren't expecting, and, and they'll run, and they'll take off, and it gets their, their anxiety up, and they're unable to rest, and they're unable to come down because the fear is, is, is in their lives, and this fear feels so real that they can't come down from this. Their only means of defense is to run away, but the only thing that seems to calm them is the presence of their shepherd. When the shepherd's there, they have less fear. When the shepherd's there, they're not looking over their shoulders. Here's the other thing about sheep they don't have any defense, as I said earlier. And so when there's a predator that's coming to try and take them out, there's mountain lions and wolves and, and wild dogs that try to come, and, and they'll, they'll mess with the entire uh, flock of sheep. He tells a story about a wild dog that came in one night and uh, started chasing around some of the ewes that were about to give birth, and it caused them to accidentally abort all their babies. And so there was all these, like, yeah, it was awful. I'm not going to give you the, the word picture, but you get it. And so these, these animals would come and they'd mess with their peace. They would mess with their things. And, and how many times in life do things come into our lives that mess with our peace? Fears that come and anxieties that come. But the only thing that seems to calm them and take that away is the presence of the shepherd. Do you know that God is with you today? Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 in the New Living Translation says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Man, maybe that was a word that you needed to hear this morning. Maybe that was the word that you came for this morning. Is God will not leave you. He will not abandon you. The good shepherd is here the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He lets me rest. He lets me rest. In Psalm chapter 34, verse 4, it says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me from all of my fears. Second Timothy 1:7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. There's a quote here from A.W. Tozer, uh, who wrote this book called The 365 Day Devotional. He says, Love casts out fear, for when we know that we are loved, we are not afraid. Whoever has God's perfect love, fear is gone out of the universe for him. Do you know that you are loved? Do you know this morning that there is a shepherd who is watching over you? Do you know that he knows you and that he can see things that you can't even see? And so if you've got fear today that's keeping you from being able to rest, that I'm talking about, when I'm talking about rest here, I'm also talking about that state of rest. That deep abiding confidence of knowing who you are in Christ. That ability to walk knowing that God's got this and he didn't leave you, he's with you and he's able to foresee the issues that are about to come up in your life. And he's able to meet you right where you are. That's who our God is. He is the good shepherd. John Newton wrote this. He says, If the Lord be with us, we have no cause of fear. His eye is upon us, his arm over us, his ear open to our prayer, his grace sufficient, his promise unchangeable. Under his protection, though the path of duty should lie through fire and water, We may cheerfully and confidently pursue it because the Lord is my shepherd. Amen? The Lord is my shepherd. So that's the first one. In order for a sheep to be able to rest, they have to be free from fear. And the only way that they can often get free from that fear is knowing that the shepherd is there. You talk about I'd come out in the field and I would see them all calm down. I'd see them all rest. Do you know that the shepherd is with you, and his name is Jesus? Do you know that he's watching over you, and he knows your circumstances and the situation that you're in right now, and his name is Jesus? God's got this. Amen? Amen. Number two, freedom from relational tension. Freedom from relational tension. Here's a a quote from um, Keller. He says this, in every animal society, there's an established order of dominance or status within the group. In a pen full of chickens, it's referred to as a—is it up there? Oh, you are. I was going to get you to guess. A pecking order, okay? In, in a—with uh, um, the cattle, it's called a horning order. But among the sheep, we speak of something called the butting order. Does anybody want to guess what that is? My memory was sheep, I remember when I was a kid— Um, My uncle owned a farm out in Chilliwack That's where I grew up, good Chilliwack farm boy And uh, uh, I remember one day uh, He had these three sheep that he had in this pen And we were trying to get these sheep To move from one area to another And let me tell you something, when a sheep decides That they don't want to move They don't want to move And I remember there was this ram that was in there This this male sheep that I was trying to, to Move from one area to another And this sheep decided that he didn't like me I was probably about seven years old And I remember standing there, and I remember the sheep turning around and getting this look in his eye. And and I remember my uncle being like, don't you move from where you are right now. And the sheep turned, and he looked at me, and he rushed me. He came right at me to try and jump, and I jumped right out of the way. And the sheep went right by me. Because the sheep said, I'm going here, and nobody's going to stop me. I'm going to go there. You can't stop me. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And indeed, in the society that we live in today, there are so many people that have this thing in their mind that they have to get to this location. And no matter what they have to do or who they have to stomp on or who they have to butt out of the way, they don't care because they're going to get there. There's, a, there's a, a butting order, if you will, that we live in in the society that we have. And a strong sheep asserts their dominance, claiming the best grazing area and literally pushing others away. The presence of the shepherd seems to calm this behavior. We see this push to assert ourselves as top sheep in any organization of society, whether it be a family, a business, or the church. Often it's in our push to get ahead where people get hurt. But receiving the care and attention of the Good Shepherd is more important than getting ahead at the cost of your peace. If you're pushing right now to try and get ahead, and often these relational tensions that come up, come up because of our insecurities. Questions like, am I enough? Do I have enough? And there's this tension within us, this, this lack of peace as we go, you know, what do I need to do to push ahead? Where do I need to go to get there? What do I need to do to be? What do I need to go? And, or the other thing that can pop up in that area as well is the area of Unforgiveness. And we become agitated and lack peace when we fall into the trap of comparison and become obsessed with trying to build our status. But not when the shepherd's there. Because when the shepherd's there, we go back to the beginning of the passage which says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have... Everything that I need. In Romans 12 10, it says, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This is a countercultural kingdom mentality that God calls us to, which is to put others ahead of ourselves and not always try to put ourselves in the first position. It says, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. I love this passage in Mark where Jesus is talking to the disciples. And you know the disciples, they're always fighting about who's the greatest, right? That's like their thing. They like walk around going, hey, man, I think I'm the greatest. Don't tell anybody, but I think I'm the greatest. Actually, tell everybody because I am the greatest. And then, you know, the other one, Peter's popping up. No, no, I'm the greatest. You know, and everybody's just piping in there trying to say I'm the greatest. Well, they did this again. And in Mark chapter 10:42, Jesus responded to them and knew what they were talking about. And he called them together and said, listen. You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to serve, uh, to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Do you want to know the secret? to being able to rest in your identity and who God's called you to be is get this in your head. We have a good shepherd. He's watching over us. And what would happen oftentimes in these in, in these fields where these sheep, what would happen is uh, th- th- there would be an old ewe that would come along, you know, an old lamb or, or, pardon me, an old sheep, and she'd come along and she'd find a place where there was better grazing, it appeared, or maybe it'd be, uh, uh, you know, proximity to water. And she'd come along and she'd find a younger one that was there. And she would come up and literally butt this you out of the way. And so the you would have to, you know, move and go over to the next place. And then this would carry on. This would be like, it'd be like a domino effect. So then the next you would turn around and she'd go and find somebody else and knock them out of the way. And then this would be a domino effect. And it would go and they knock them out of effect. And then they, then all of a sudden everybody's in an uproar and nobody can rest. But the kingdom of God comes with a counter to this culture. The kingdom of God comes and when the shepherd came, all of a sudden, all those internal striving and, 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 and tension that existed would dissipate. Because it's okay, the shepherd's here. And the shepherd's going to deal with this. The shepherd's going to come and he's going to take that you that's been causing all these issues and he's, he, he's going to go ahead and move them. In, in Ezekiel, it says it this way. Ezekiel thirty-four, fifteen. God says, I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean. Because you have pushed from side and shoulder, butted all the weak ones with your horns and scattered them abroad. Therefore, I shall save my flock. And they shall no longer be prey, and I will judge between the sheep and the sheep. See, when the shepherd showed up, the sheep would relax because they knew that he was going to take care of it. You know, he's going to take care of it. How much of our peace is stolen by injustice or perceived injustice in our life? How much of our peace is stolen as we think about how others might have wronged us or, or you know, there, there, there's this internal narrative within us that's driving us and saying, this person obviously thinks poorly of me or, or I need to raise my status in their eyes. How, how much of our, our, of our internal peace is stolen because we're trying to compare ourselves to others? They've got a better spot than me. I need to push them out of the way. And that person goes, well, they got a better spot than me. I need to push them out of the way. And then it goes on and on and on. But when the shepherd comes, we realize, no, no, it's okay. He's the God of justice. He's my warrior. He's my shepherd. He's my advocate. He's going to watch out for me. He's going he's gonna to make all things new. He's going to make all things right, and I can trust him. And then we have this kingdom mentality that says, no, my goal in life is to serve others, to honor others. Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Relational tension that causes striving. Number three. So number one was freedom from fear. Second one was freedom from relational tension. Number three was freedom from pests. Can I just ask you this question? What's bugging you today? What's bugging you? What's getting under your skin? What's causing you to lose your peace this morning? What's 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 just, you know... I don't know what it might be, but whatever it is, w- what's bugging you? This is a very common issue amongst sheep. They're always dealing with pests. He tells a story about these nose flies that would fly up into the noses of—this is really gross. Sorry. If you don't like this, just plug your ears. They'd fly up into their noses, and then they would plant eggs up there. And then these little—yeah, yeah. The larvae would go around and drive them crazy. Okay, so this stuff, type of stuff is happening. The shepherd has to be aware of this. So they've got all these tools that they would use to try and deal with this. And and in modern times, it's these pesticides that they would use, and they have to dip their sheep. They call it dipping the sheep so that they could get rid of the ticks and all the pests that surrounded them. Because if they don't, the sheep are going to try and find a solution themselves. So they get up, and they go running off into the bush, and they try and hide and get rid of all the flies. Here's what Philip Keller says. The gracious Holy Spirit makes real in me the very presence of Christ— He brings quietness, serenity, strength, and calmness in the face of frustrations and futility. Again, the solution to this was not for the sheep to run off and try and, you know, rub their their, their wool against a a tree or or to try and find a a mud to waddle in. But but the, the, the solution was actually found in the shepherd. And I'm going to repeat this to you again. The word that we got at the beginning of the year, which is Isaiah 30 verse 15: For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel: In returning and rest you shall be saved; in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. What's bugging you today? How are we going to overcome? We're going to try harder. Ah! <laughs> I got to do something to get rid of this. I got to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do. No, 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 no. The shepherd. Go to the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Go to him. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, that anxiety, that thing that's, that's, that that rumination, that thing that won't let you go, that thing that's bugging you, bring it to Jesus. Bring it to him. Because in returning in rest, you will be saved. And in quietness and confidence will be your strength. We serve a good Savior. Amen? Amen. Amen. 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Oh man, church, honestly, this is spiritual warfare. We talk about spiritual warfare. If you ever heard of spiritual warfare? Some of you have never heard of that. You're like, that sounds really weird and creepy. No, no, it's really simple. It's, do you trust Jesus? Like, in your circumstance. Well, no, my circumstance is different because this and this happened and I did this. No, 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 no. In your circumstance, do you trust Jesus? Do you know that the shepherd is there for you, that he's got you, that he can take away those things that are bugging you? Give it to Jesus. Okay, number four, freedom. last one, number four is freedom from hunger. According to Philip Keller, a hungry, ill-fed sheep is ever on its feet, on the move, searching for another scanty mouthful of forage to try and satisfy its gnawing hunger. When a sheep is hungry, they can't rest. When a sheep is hungry, they're looking for ways to satisfy that hunger. They're looking everywhere to try and find it. So the shepherd is actually required not only to help his sheep find food, but he's actually required to prepare places for them where they can eat. A lot of times there's a lot of work involved in this. They have to, you know, uh, um, uh, bring water into various areas and, and, and try and create uh, a greener pastures for their sheep. They have to know where the pastures are and have a plan of how they're going to lead them from one to the other. As one kind of gets eaten down to, to nothing, they'll move them over to another one. Um, I've, I've heard about, even in modern times, that people will use sheep as a natural way of keeping down their grass in, in larger properties. And so the sheep will do this. They'll eat it all down, and then it's the shepherd's job to, to, to come up behind them and lead the sheep to a new area where they can eat and be satisfied. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore I say to you, and this is the idea of, I, I, is God able to meet my needs? Is he able to feed me when I'm hungry? And in Matthew 26, of 6, verse 25, a very really famous passage, it says, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you'll put on. Is life not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? It goes on to say, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was arrayed like one of these. Of God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow, is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. He is able to feed you and satisfy you. Psalm 132 verse 15 says, I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Psalm 145 verse 16, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He lets me rest. Why? Because he deals with my fear because he deals with my relational tensions and he works on me to help change me so that they no longer have power over me. He gives me freedom from the things that are bugging me and he brings me freedom from hunger. And here's the last one as we close today. He brings me freedom from thirst. Now y'all are very quiet right now, so can y'all say thirst? Thank you. Just need to know that you're with me. He brings me freedom from thirst. And here's what Philip Keller says. Generally speaking, water for the sheep came from three main sources. Dew on the grass, deep wells, or springs and streams. And again, uh, the the physiology of this is that an animal is made up of roughly 70% water. They need water in order to sustain themselves. If there's one thing that we all need as human beings, it's water so we can relate to this. Um, water is a, is a very natural and normal and a fundamental need of human beings. Um, and he- here's what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, when it comes back to the spiritual side of this, is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Again, this idea of water comes back to the shepherd, not the sheep. The sheep, if left to themselves, because of their thirst, it will drive them mad. They'll go looking for water wherever they can find it. And oftentimes what a sheep will do is they'll settle for any water that's there. Just give me something. It could be a, you know, a, a muddy puddle that has, um, you know, feces and urine in it. It's just, it's just been left there. And they're so thirsty they don't care. And they'll drink it. And then the, the, what it says is that they'll get, um, like, liver flukes and they'll get all sorts of parasites inside of them because they settle for water that they were never meant to drink. But when they trust the shepherd, he's got a plan. The shepherd knows where they can find water. One of the great insights here, um, thirst is a natural need that we're often tempted to find solutions for on our own. The Lord, the good shepherd, leads me beside still waters. But oftentimes, even in our own lives, as we search for these things to satisfy us, this thirst, this thing that we think that we need, we settle For the second best. In Jeremiah 2 verse 13 it says, For my people have done two evil things. They've abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they've dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. And how often do we as the sheep settle for the counterfeit? For the less than, the solution to our thirst, whether it be through entertainment or finances or hobbies. whatever it might be in your life that you look to to, to, to satisfy you when, you need the, when you, you, there's a something in you that you need and you can't seem to find the answer to that, we often settle for the counterfeit. When a sheep becomes thirsty and are not led to clear water, they'll often settle for polluted water sources that can lead to disease and parasites, but the good shepherd leads us to living water. He leads us to living water. You know, one of the insights from this is, it, you know, I just read this from Philip Kelly. He says one of the areas that they'll get water from is actually from the dew. In order for them to get water from the dew, the shepherd has to wake up his sheep early in the morning and put them out into pasture so that they can eat the, um, the grass that's there that has the dew on it. And according to, to Philip, they can, they can survive on that water for months at a time by getting up early. And this brings back this idea to us of getting up early to refresh ourselves in the things of God. You can be refreshed in the morning. How many start your day in the Word of God? How many start your day in His presence? I see some hands. Thank you. Um, How many start your day? That's how God has designed us to live, that we would start our day in His presence, get refreshed in His Holy Spirit, get refreshed in the reality of who He is, that we can move forward into our day. And what what Philip was saying, they'd go out in the morning, they'd eat the grass, they'd get the dew, they'd have the water that goes into them, and then they would settle. And oftentimes they'd find shade throughout the day and be able to rest because they were satisfied in the day. This is a response to truth. This is a response to the things of God. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Not to the polluted water, but to the good water. Psalm 37, verse 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord hands, holds them by his hand. The good shepherd's got it. He's going to lead you to the, to the right water. He's going to re- lead you to the right paths. He's going to show you where to go. I wonder how many of those sheep get up in the morning and they're eating this, this dew that God is leading them to, to eat. And they think, oh my goodness, when are we going to get to the water? And they don't realize that they're getting it right there in that moment. I wonder how many times that we think, oh man, you know, uh, I'm getting the word of God in me. I'm I'm going to church on Sunday mornings. I'm getting all these things in me. When when am I going to get to the water? But you don't realize he's giving it to you right now. He's with you. He's got you. Isaiah 58 verse 11. The Lord will guide you continually giving you water when you are dry, restoring your strength. And you will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing stream. Psalm 37 verse 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Church, don't settle for the polluted streams. Don't settle for the things around you that you think are going to satisfy you. well oh, they will for a moment. You take a drink, and it's going to feel really good to get that water going down the back of your throat, but it's not going to feel good when the effects are felt. Don't settle. Don't settle. Come on, because he's got something better for you. Amen. He's got something better for you. So as we close today, I'm going to ask you the two questions. I'm not going to settle. What is in conflict with your peace? Is there some fear that's getting in your way? Are there some relational tensions? Is there an anxiety that's bugging you? Is there a hunger in you that is getting in the way of your peace? And here's the second question. Do you believe that God can satisfy your hunger? Do you believe that he can meet you right where you are today? And as we close, I'm going to read you one last passage that relates to that that question. It's this, John chapter 4, verse 13. And this is Jesus talking to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. And he says this, Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks of this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Church, there is a water that we know nothing about but it comes by the Spirit of God. There is a water that can satisfy you in ways that you never imagined. There is a hope that is for you in your hopeless circumstance. There is a peace that passes understanding. And there is a joy that you can know in any circumstance of life. And it is found as we follow the Good Shepherd. And His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I'm going to invite my beautiful wife to come as we close today. And we're going to take a moment to respond to that word this morning.
1: Let's just pray. And we're going to be going into a time of communion. And I think it's just such a, it's so fitting as we take this, the, the bread and the cup, to remember what God has done for us. And we, as sheep, so often go astray, don't we? We drift. We struggle with fear. We struggle with people. (laughs) We struggle with um, anything that's bugging us. But we can come to the table of communion and remember that we have a Savior, Jesus, our shepherd, our good shepherd, who is, Wash all that away for us we only just need to reach out to him and I'm, I'm so grateful for the table and for communion so it can call us back to remember remember and just before we do I just want to pray just so for this passage that was such a great word when Matt he usually preaches it to me before like the night before and I was like I had no idea there was so much involved in verse 2 because <laughs> I was like what are you going to preach on (laughs) for that whole one verse? And I was just, it was so eye-opening to me. And I'm like, oh, my word. Yes, all those things steal our peace. Yes, all those things get in the way from letting God give us the rest that he he has created for us, he wants for us. And yes, sometimes we can't lie down by the streams because we are so tangled up with those other things like the sheep. And it's such a profound word. Lord Jesus, I just pray that these words, that we have heard the words from your scripture. Father, and I am confident, I am sure that there is one of those points that really hit home, maybe all five of them. But Father, I pray that we would take this word, and as we're going through this verse by verse, line by line, this Psalm 23, Father, we would work out our salvation. We'd work this out. We'd go this week and we'd re-listen. Or if we've taken notes, Lord, that we'd go back and we would come and say, what is stealing my peace? What What is causing me to not be able to rest? To really rest as God intended. To have peace of mind. To have a sound mind. To go about our days in confident assurance that he is in control. What is it? Father, would you work on our hearts now? Would you work on our hearts throughout this week, Lord Jesus? May this not just be something that we just hear right now. And, oh, that was really interesting. And it was. But may the truth of the words of the scriptures get deep in us. And may we go home and work on it and and talk with you and wrestle it out with you. And bring those things to you, Father, that may be the cause of us not being able to rest with our shepherd in complete trust and be able to release those things. Remember that word, release, church. That's what Matt and I feel this year, release. My prayer, our prayer is that this week that you'd be able to release some of those things as you ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that's bugging me? What is it? And may we be able to take those things to Jesus. And lay them, it says cast all your cares, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares. He cares for you. We want to be a people that experiences the true rest that he has intended for us. The true peace of mind, the sound mind, the true confidence that we can walk in every day. We want to experience that. That's our gift from the Holy Spirit, from the Lord. So, Father, I pray that you would walk with us this week. Walk with us with this passage and challenge us and speak to us. And, Father, may we be able to experience the true rest that you have um, created for us. That we would rest in you and lie down by the streams of living water, quiet streams. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.